Support for this podcast comes from Lever, providing a modern take on the applicant tracking system. Lever combines ATS and CRM functionality into a single powerful platform to help you source, nurture and manage your candidates all in one place. What's more, Lever's deceptively simple interface means that hiring managers and applicants love it too. To find out how Lever can help you both accelerate and humanise hiring, visit www.lever.co slash recruit. That's www.lever.co slash recruit. And Lever is spelt L-E-V-E-R. Lever, where ATS meets CRM. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 67 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The critical role employer branding plays in attracting top tech talent is something we've covered a few times on the podcast, but... What happens when you need to create an employer brand for an entire country? The Irish government recently initiated a project to do just that in order to service the growing need to import top tech talent into the Irish digital economy. My guest this week is Niall Dowling, Strategic Director at marketing agency Atomic, who are delivering the project and its resulting website techlifeisland.com. In our interview, Niall shares some brilliant insights into the initiative and its results so far. Hi, Niall, and welcome to the podcast. Morning, Matt. Good to be on the show. So could you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you? Sure. Uh, My name is Niall Dowling. I'm head of strategy uh, at Atomic. Um, We are an Irish ad agency um, based here in Dublin, offices in the UK as well. we're, we operate in a, in a range of different sectors. Um, there's kind of three key business areas uh, where we work. The first and the oldest part of the business will be very consumer focused, consumer brand focused. So we work with you know everything from car brands to ice cream to fashion retailers. Uh, more recently then, about three or four years ago, we established Atomic Sport. So that's a purely sport-based, sport-focused um, part of the business and you know sport uh, a specialist team that works in that in that business. Today, that's that's the largest um, creative agency working in the sports space in Ireland. Uh, and then last year, we established Atomic DNA. And what Atomic DNA is is a fully uh, employer branding and recruitment marketing um, focused agency. Um, again, with a specialist team working in it, but very focused really on I suppose bringing creativity, bringing strong strategy bringing a good understanding of, of um, employer brands and candidates to, uh, to, to HR professionals and talent attraction professionals here in Ireland and set up really to, to service um, a huge need and a huge demand uh, in this market. Um, Dublin and, and Ireland are, are very competitive um, labour markets, a huge amount of uh, uh, major tech firms here. Um, a lot of hiring, a lot of growth going on. So, you know, very quickly we have begun working with a, a range of, of great uh, clients and brands 
in the employer branding space. That's everybody from, you know, tech firms, some big global ones like Salesforce, um, some uh, local Irish um, uh, players. We're working with the, the largest uh, Irish bank. Um, and we're also doing a range of um, government work in the, in the talent attraction space. And that's really the main thing that I wanted to um, talk about on the on, on the podcast today uh, i know you've been involved in a, a really interesting initiative to um, attract more skilled tech talent to ireland could you tell us a bit about that initiative and and and, and how it came about sure i'd love to so that's uh, tech life ireland so what tech life ireland is ireland's national uh, tech talent attraction brand so that's a bit of a mouthful that's its official uh, governmental title but the brand itself is tech life ireland with a website of um techlifeireland.com so really the background to the project is that it was um commissioned and, and established by government um it's a, it's a national um national project with with governmental funding for a three-year period um and you know the the rationale behind it is to service the demand, the growing demand in Ireland for really high quality top tech talent from around the world. So, you know, Ireland itself is a very vibrant, uh, growing tech um, tech hub. It's really a who's who of, of tech companies. Um, many of the, the big, uh, most of the big international tech brands, um, whatever, an EMEA HQ here in Ireland. And then there's a really, really uh, vibrant and dynamic um, sector of indigenous um, Irish uh, tech happening here. So as a result, you know, we do have a, a, a large um, and growing demand for high quality uh, tech skills. The country itself operates a very fluid, open uh, visa, visa system for, for critical skills. And also as a, as a you know, member of the EU, we've uh, access to, to um, tech talent from, from 28 uh, member states. Um, so, you know, that's very important. Um, it's a very, very important feature of our economy. Um, uh, unlike, I suppose, maybe in the US where they have their H-1B visa system, which is capped as a quote in place, Ireland doesn't have a capped uh, quote for, for critical skills. So Tech Life Ireland is it's one initiative designed to you know, help build that pipeline of tech talent coming into the country and also to support the employer branding efforts of uh, the tech employers themselves here. It's a fascinating, um, a fascinating initiative. And I, uh, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a fantastic thing um, to be doing, I think, particularly with, um, you know, the amount of competition that there is um, in various tech hubs in Europe for, um, for, for, for global talent. Um, so how, how do you go about um, sort of working on a project project like that what 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 research did you do what did you um what did you find out what was the what's the sort of key strategy behind it yeah well i suppose the first thing is that the the structure of the initiative itself is really important and this is a question that i often get from you know other people in either government or the talent attraction area on a on a national or in a city or a regional level so you know it operates as a as a you know classic multi-stakeholder model so it's it's government funded as i said but it's, it's rolled out and um, supported primarily by two state agencies, which are uh, Enterprise Ireland and IDA Ireland, which are the two, you know, primary uh, industrial promotion and attraction agencies in Ireland. But the advantage of being a multi-stakeholder model is that we um, we also work very, very closely with industry. So we've had a huge amount of, of collaboration and consultation 
with industry. Um, so we are very in tune with what their needs are, what their emerging skills needs are, um, the kind of candidates that they they need to approach, and indeed the the motivations um, of those of those candidates. So you know, there's been a huge amount of uh, very good stakeholder research, very good consultation that that. Um, that kicked off the project to ensure that we were very in touch with what the needs of industry were. The next piece really was to um, was to establish a very clear and deep and comprehensive understanding of the motivations of the talent that we were trying to attract. And, you know, as you said, this is top tech talent we're talking about in a global sense. It's everybody from, you know, CTOs to developers to uh, solutions and systems architects, cybersecurity people. Etc. So, you know, a very um, in-demand and a very mobile group of people. Um, I suppose what we did as a as an employer branding focused agency was we we brought our own research process to the project. Um, but instead of looking at an employer, we looked at a country. Um, so, you know, we we've a pretty pretty comprehensive um, uh, process that we use ourselves. We look at um, we look at uh, employer brands along a four C's model. So we look at the company itself, the, the company value proposition. We look at the candidate, most importantly, what motivates, uh, what drives um, the, the particular candidate. We look at the competitors uh, in the company's own sector and in, and in adjacent sectors. And then we look at the culture or the context that the uh, talent attraction is, is trying to take place. So really, we, we, we apply the same model um, to, to Ireland. Um, and then in terms of the candidate, we began a very systematic and fairly deep um, process of research. I think we ended up doing close to 50 um, in-depth interview, interviews with uh, relocated tech talent in Ireland. We began by uh, conducting a lot of secondary research, <clears throat> looking at a lot of you know online uh, publicly available data from sources like LinkedIn, from Indeed, from you know some of the, the big um, consulting groups that were available, and we established <clears throat> we established about six initial strategic principles or pillars and then we set about actually trying to either validate or challenge or add a bit of depth and a bit of texture to those principles so we did that using qualitative research as i said these you know in-depth uh one-hour interviews with with relocated tech talent and that was a really really interesting journey and experience um i think what we found was that most of our um our i suppose initial principles stood up to to further investigation but some were disproven um and what we found was really that the really really key driver for tech talent to relocate to a country is actually not so much about work-life balance and quality of life and you know social and cultural factors it's really uh, much more about the job, much more about the the quality of the opportunity, the challenge, the impact that they can have in their careers here. So, you know, I think maybe in, in the initial stages across the group, we were thinking about maybe a 50-50 ratio of job um, to quality of life. But since doing the research, we really refined that. I think we probably focus maybe to 80 and 90 percent on the actual quality of the job here and then of course we introduce the quality of life and the more sort of soft values but to a to a lesser degree very interesting and that um actually chimes very well with um other interviews that i've done with people um sort of leading searches for for for, for, for tech talent in terms of motivations was 
was kind of ongoing career a factor was it just the was it just the job or was it um the scope of of further opportunity when someone wanted to move on particularly if they're um relocating from from another part of the world yeah i think it really is about um careers and that's a big advantage that ireland would have uh insofar as we have a lot of career paths both you know within ireland and then using ireland as a starting point or maybe a springboard for the rest of your rest of your career um, we looked at we, we we undertook a segmentation of the of the audience and we ended up with three key segments which are, are fairly broad, but they looked at the, um, uh, people's life stages and and primary motivations. And they were um, what we called footloose millennials first of all, which was probably the youngest group. And this is a group for whom, you know, I suppose cultural and social factors were as big a draw actually as the job themselves. So Ireland has a fantastic um uh, quality of life both in terms of the the social scene and, and, and cultural scene and, and and the outdoors that we that we have here um so that that group was very interested um in those factors second group then we called um responsible pragmatists which is a bit of a mouthful but you know that was a group who were a little bit older may have kids already maybe planning kids maybe ready to settle down and there was different drivers um for that group, they tended to think a little bit more long term. They thought about their career. They thought about more practical factors, of course, like, you know, education, healthcare, uh, uh, taxation system, more practical, pragmatic um, uh, factors. And then there was the, the final group, which we labeled uh, single minded careerists. And this group, you know, this, this, this group was all about the career. It trumped everything else for them. Um, it trumped, you know, uh, the, where they would live, what kind of people they would be um, living alongside. They were really just interested in the quality of the career. And for a lot of these people, you know, PhD level um, uh, uh, candidates with perhaps upwards of, you know, 10 years experience in tech, they could really live anywhere um, in the world. They're utterly mobile. Um, so it was critical for those people to, to really uh, illustrate and uh, demonstrate very clearly the quality of the careers and the quality of the career paths that we have in Ireland. What were the biggest surprises for you? I mean, other than the sort of career versus lifestyle balance, were there were there anything else that came out that came out of the research that you that, that you or the the stakeholders in the in the initiative were were, were sort of genuinely surprised about? Yeah, there were, there, there were quite a few along the way. Um, uh, one, I suppose, early hypothesis that we had, um, we were we probably felt quite sure would be, you know, proven to be true, was that the presence of local countrymen or countrywomen in Ireland for a particular nationality would be a big magnet for them to to come over and to relocate to Ireland. So, you know, we asked people, uh, for example, from Argentina, there's a quite a large Argentinian community in one, in, in one Dublin suburb. Would that be a, a factor for you? Would it be something that would attract you? Uh, and more often than not, what we found from, from this group was that no, it wasn't a big uh, driver for them. You know, this audience, particularly at the more um, experienced and the more senior levels, it's very self-directed. It's very, uh, I suppose, the audience, the people are very um, confident and uh, self-assured about their own decisions and their own career journeys. So the presence of, you know, somebody's uh, compatriots in this country is not a big driver. So, and you know, that was something that came through again and again, that intrinsic factors and intrinsic motivations are the most important thing for this group. So, you know, whether that's undertaking a very complex uh, challenge in, in their job, um, it's the pride of working in a great, uh, for a great employer. It could be the sense of competition they have with their, with their colleagues and with their peers. 
or it could be the autonomy and the impact that they have working in a smaller company, they were time and again demonstrated to be the most important motivations and, and most important drivers. So with the with the research done and the kind of the, 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 the strategy um, formulated, what's happened in terms of activation? You, you obviously have the website, but what, what initiatives... Um, uh, uh, sort of being undertaken to communicate you know communicate this this sort of country brand um, of Ireland as a tech employer yeah so we have the the country brand first of all and the brand obviously is there to uh, to encapsulate and to communicate the overall Ireland proposition as a, as a place to have a tech career there's a very significant website uh, which has been built uh, specifically for this, that's techlifeireland.com. And that's kind of part, um, I suppose, marketing tool, but part resource. So it does it serves two purposes, really. It allows the, uh, the candidate considering Ireland to really find out all the information that they need uh, in one place about making the move, what life would be like when they get here. Uh, and then also um, to search for available jobs in their particular uh, area of expertise. Um, we also have a fairly major um, international marketing campaign, which launched in uh, July of this year. And that's made up of, you know, uh, paid media activity in a range of different territories around the world, uh, comprising, you know, search advertising. We launched with some display advertising on major uh, tech publishers, uh, but then a very, very heavy um, content uh, publishing and content distribution um, element to that as well. So, you know, really, it's it's a largely content-based campaign. We're producing content at volume. We, I think, since the beginning, we've produced maybe 30 or 40 um, videos of different formats of, of candidates and companies um, working in Ireland. And then on an ongoing basis, we're producing probably upwards of 10 pieces of content every month and, again, distributing them to, to an international audience. So what results have you got from the initiative? Well, Matt, we're only, we're only uh, in operation uh, two months, um, but so far results are, are really, really, really positive. Um, you know, since going live in July, we've had upwards of 45,000 um, tech people from, from all over the world visiting the site. We've, we've recorded about 130 different nationalities um, coming to the site. Um, roughly half of those, so nearly 25,000 people have used our job search tool. So it's, a, you know, it's, uh, the, the traffic will be comprised of both passive, uh, but also quite actively uh, minded people. Um, but then I think one of the, the most encouraging thing, things is very, very positive sentiment uh, across the social channels that we're measuring. So the content that we're producing is very well received. The the focus on the techies themselves is obviously working with people. We use a, a sort of a mantra here, by techies, for techies. So the more sort of tech centric and the more um specific to a particular job or area of expertise we make the content the better it works so final question what would your advice be to um an organization who's looking to bring tech talent into their into their company from outside of their country well i think you know from our experience the most important thing is being absolutely focused on the tech mindset when you go about producing messages, producing content, video, a UX, etc. So as I said, we use this by techies, uh, for techies mindset on this initiative. And that informs everything that we do. We test everything uh, from, you know, a piece of content through to uh, the front end of a website with the actual uh, tech audience themselves. 
So our tone, our language, the UX, the subject matter uh, is all completely tailored to, to this particular group. And another thing that we find and have found is that, you know, a lot of tech people obviously have an engineering type uh, mindset and orientation. So they're very, uh, uh, very interested in how uh, navigable, how clear, how accurate and efficient information is. So we've really stripped out a lot of the uh, extraneous jargon and salesy kind of material from our language. Uh, we've kept it very, very direct. And that, that scores really, really well with this group. Niall, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks, Matt. My thanks to Niall Dowling. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or via your podcasting app of choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can also find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you shared it with your colleagues. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.